swiftly to the book of Joshua. Uh, we're finishing up today part three from the subject, the anguish of getting there. I may have to go through hell and high water, but I'm going to get to that place called there. Regardless of what I have to go through, what God said is mine, is mine. And nobody can take it away. Joshua chapter 1, between verses 1 through 9. If you have that, please say, Bishop, I made it there. Mm. Verses 1, 3, and 6. Verses 1, 3, and 6 of Joshua chapter 1. God speaks to his servant Joshua saying now after the death of Moses the servant of the Lord it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun Moses is a minister saying we're going to read verse 2 also Moses my servant is dead now therefore arise go over this Jordan thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them even to the children of Israel. Verse 3. Every place. Come on and say every place. Now you know what? We're going to read this one together. Repeat after me. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon that have I given unto you as I said unto Moses. Now I want you to take a little praise break right here. Somebody give God a praise offering. Right there. That's right.
had passed from the time that the children of Israel had left Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, fought with Amalek, went through many trials and tribulations, but they saw that God is faithful in his word. The things that they were lacking, God proved to them that he was able to produce whatever was needed and necessary. God even caused water to come out of a rock when the people of God was thirsty and thought that there was no way that they could receive water. God will do for you what you thought was impossible. So now Joshua is left with the people. From the old group, it is only Joshua and Caleb left from the old crew. It was necessary that some people die out because they refused to change their mindset. They refused to change their ways. And God was not going to allow them to enter into his blessed place with that old mess. The place that God is bringing you, you've got to leave that old mess behind. God is not going to allow you to enter into the greatness or the greater with that foolishness. I'm talking to somebody. And so God reminds Joshua that I've chosen you to bring them the rest of the way in. My word shall be fulfilled. I'm going to give them what I promised them and you're going to bring them in. My servant Moses is dead. He was your spiritual father. He helped you. He taught you. He showed you. He reminded you of the goodness of God. And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. He was a part of your preparation process. And now, Joshua, you're going to bring them over. Remember this. Be strong and of good courage. Why? Because you're going to need to be strong for about because of what's about to happen. Because I said before, God's promises seldom come to pass without controversy. Without a fight being necessary. But his word shall come to pass. And so we've entitled this message, and this is part three, and I believe the final uh, part in this called the anguish of getting there. And as we preach and teach this word today, I truly want you to envision in your mind what is that place for you that is called there? What is the promise that you envision, that you see, that you heard God say, he's going to bring you there. He's going to do this for you. But you've not yet arrived in the fullness of that. The wonderful thing about God is when he makes a promise, when he tells you that you shall be or whatever, on the way or the journey toward that, he gives you little pieces of what you can't expect. I love God. He is so awesome. Amen. And so now God is dealing with Joshua. God is dealing with, and you can put your name in it, with you. Letting you know that it's time to go further. It's time to enter into that great thing that I told you I was going to do for you. Joshua, you are ready. And when God says you're ready, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. Never let the thoughts of people influence you to the point that you give up what you believe and take on what they believe. Ah. And those of you that think that people are always talking 
you wouldn't let it bother you anyway. That's a Salah moment. Yes, sir. Hello, somebody. I come to tell you today, people of God, like God was with Joshua. God is and has invested himself in you. There's something that God wants to do to you, regardless of how you think of yourself. Because today, I find that in the churches, the problem is not generally people being so pompous or thinking so highly of themselves. And I know what the scripture said. The problem that I'm finding in the church today is the people are not thinking of themselves high enough as it relates to what God thinks about them and what God says that they are able to do. We come up with a lot of problems as to why we can't do what God says he called us to do. I'm talking to somebody. I don't know who it is. But I want you to understand that God has invested himself in you. He invested himself in Moses. He invested himself in Joshua. He even invested himself in Caleb. Many of the people that have helped us perpetuate and come to the place in life that we are, their names may have been forgotten. But it was necessary that God would pour into you through them. Mm. And so God, church, understand, God has invested himself in you. Now this is something I want you to do. You know what I say, you're not really in church if you don't talk to your neighbor at least once. So look at your neighbor to tell him, tell him God has invested himself in you. Now you look back at them and you say it for sure. So God has invested himself in you. To invest, it means to pour or to give into, here's the key, with an expectation of a profit or benefit. Whenever some, whenever you, uh, whether you go online or the stock market or whatever you do, when you invest, how many expect to just receive the same thing that you put in? No, you expect to receive a profit. When God pours into you, when God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross, he was making an investment in us. There was something that he wanted from us. He wanted a profit. Amen. As you raise your children, whatever you do on your job, you expect to get a greater return one way, shape, form, or another. And so we see clearly how God invested in Moses. We see clearly of how God invested in Joshua. But can you look down the line of your life and see how God has invested in you? Don't think you did it all by yourself. Uh, I can't speak on each and every one of you all's lives, but those that are close to me, I can speak on those lives, but I can speak best on my life. I know that God has invested in me. It doesn't mean that I haven't encountered troubled times. It doesn't mean that I haven't uh, had those experiences where I didn't do all that I should have done, but I had the ability within me. Can I get an amen here? And so in my life, not only has God invested himself in me, but I can see in times past where he sent many God-loving 
talented, gifted, and caring people of God to impart into my life. And only in retrospect was I able to look back and see what God was doing through them. And I think I told you all the other week, God doesn't need your permission to bless you. Nor does he need your permission to take care of business wherein he invests himself in you or where he guides people to pour into you. Hmm. See, God saw something. God saw me in my prophetic projected self, which was in the future. He knew that one day I would be standing before this crowd doing what I'm doing. And so he prepared by investing in me back then for now. And so you need to not fight God, but let God invest himself in you. It's going to make sense after a while. Let me just, when, when I was a young boy, let me, let me just tell you how this works. Because see, God doesn't just invest in you while you're inside the church. Matter of fact, a whole lot of this goes on outside of the church. The world belongs to the Lord. Hallelujah. The earth is his footstool. Hallelujah. Everything is his. I remember when I was living in the projects. There are other names for it, but y'all know what I'm talking about. When I was living in the projects, God orchestrated some type of program, and I don't even remember all the details, and the details in this particular case is not, a, not so important. But the, the, he caused a man by the name of John Moody from Woodbury, who was at that time the president of some big fancy insurance company. And he would drive up into the projects with his two seater convertible car and take this young me uh, 10 11 12 however it was and he would show me another lifestyle see you can't desire what you've never seen before and some of you all need to be exposed to something greater than where you are and you don't do that by just staying home Ah. Of course, some of us, all we have to do is just do a little reading. But we're, gonna, we're not going to stay there. But he showed me what life was like beyond the projects. And he didn't just show me. But I would see and learn and understand. That was a part of the process. And then you all have heard my testimony a number of times. A man in the clock is ticking away. How when I was yet young, God sent someone that I don't even remember their name or gender. That said you can be anybody that you want to be. And you can do anything that you want to do. And that was still God causing people to invest in me. Because it made a difference. Look at somebody say it made a difference. And so I want you all to understand that God wants you to prosper. He wants you to possess the promises. But the anguish of getting there can be rough. But we have to be fighters. We have to be willing to undergo hard times, difficult times. We have to be willing to endure contrary speaking from people. 
That's why you got to learn to leave negative folk alone. Can I tell y'all something? If every time you talk to a certain person and you're excited and so forth, they say, yeah, but you know, yeah, but you, never mind all that. How about a little encouragement? Trying to help somebody understand something. And then the other thing is, here they are, 40 years past, ready to enter into the promised land. They're just about there, but not there. One of the most difficult times is when you're just about there, when you can look over and see, because generally there's something that's trying to deny you. Something that you've got to get over, something that you've got to get through, but you've got to get through it in order to get to it. And look at somebody and say, it's worth it. It's worth it. And so I come to tell you all today because this, when God is speaking to Joshua, this is exactly where the people were. Listen to this. Never settle for living at the fringe or the edge of the promise. God wants you to walk over. God wants you to enter into. Now remember, I already told y'all, keep that there. You're there in your focus, in your mind. What is your there? What is it that you believe God has for you? What is it that you believe that you deserve? And because God says that's yours, he's going to bring you into that place. Amen? And then we also have to be careful that we're not overconfident. Hear me. Never think while you're on this earth that you are untouchable and have made it. I don't care how holy you are, you are capable of messing up. And some of you have seen that from time to time. You blew your own mind. Did I I just do that? Yes, you did. You've got to guard your heart constantly so that you don't overstep the bounds that God has placed for you. Amen. Let's see it this way. Romans 12 and 3 uh, warns us of that. It says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Come on and say soberly. Soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. You will never get there operating by what you perceive the faith of someone else is. Because you don't have their faith, you have your faith. Your faith will always be enough for you to accomplish what God called you to do. That's why you have to be careful that you not envy other people. Envying is not just jealousy. Envying is, yes, you're jealous, but you want theirs. You want what they have, not something like they have. You want what they have. Why should they have it? I I deserve that. No, 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 no. Don't think more highly than you are. But this also lets us know that there is a level that we ought to think. But don't pass that. Know your limits. In fact, one of the great keys to being successful is to know your limits. To know your weaknesses and to know your strengths. Ah. But God says to Joshua, I got you. Wherever you are, I'm right there. I've given that to you. Where you are, I've given you the victory. My goodness. This is why I asked you all the other Sunday, what would you do if you was not afraid to do? What would you accomplish, Brother Frankie? 
if you were not afraid to step forward. I'm not, I'm not saying that there is something, I just understand human nature. Amen? If I said for you, Brother Frankie, I believe. Now remember, you got to operate in your faith, not in my faith. I believe, Brother Frankie. I believe, Brother Frankie. He's coming on a Honda. I believe it. That if you wanted to, you could do 10 somersaults down the center aisle. You better operate in your faith. I believe he can do it. And I believe that we'll be calling 911, but I believe he can do it. You've got to operate in your level of faith. To everyone, he has given a measure of faith. Uh, God speaks very strongly. Three times he says to Joshua, don't be afraid, be of good courage. Church, I come to tell you today, you've got to be of good courage. And being of good courage doesn't just mean not being afraid, but it means keeping yourself encouraged. On this journey, you must keep yourself encouraged and you must encourage one another. Because the one sitting beside you has something to do with where God is bringing you. If it's nothing else but to encourage you. I, can I prove my point? I, I'm going to make my point. Hallelujah. Not only must we be strong and of good courage, but you must keep yourself and those who are assigned with you encouraged as well as yourself. That's why I thank God for my wife. I need my wife because there are times that I get weak and she'll say, and she'll say no, no, baby, you, you can do that. Come on, you come on, come on, come on. I don't feel like it right now. But she is assigned with me, not just to me. Amen. She is assigned to me. That's why she lives with me. But there are folk that are assigned with you that they don't live with you. You see them every now and then. You're connected. God has placed them in your life for a certain reason. Y'all better hear me now. And so we have to not only keep ourselves encouraged in order to get there, but we have to encourage one another. Because if you encourage me, I'm going to remember it. And when you come to me telling me how you feel and how you're down drunk, I'm going to make sure I give you a good word. I'm going to make sure that I encourage you. I'm a part of the process of you being successful as well. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down. Amen. Give and it. What is the it? Whatever you need. Sometimes it's encouragement. Sometimes it's just a word from the Lord. A prophetic word, an encouraging word. In fact, let's do that now. Turn to your neighbor right now. Tell him, you can make it. As a matter of fact, let's make it a little more uh, stronger than that. Tell him, you are going to make it. Now, 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 wait a minute. Two people talking to each other at the same time is confusion. Let's get it together. Look at one another. One person be quiet. And tell them, you can make it. That means you got to do it twice. And now here comes the real strong word. Here comes the real strong word. Tell them, you are going to make it. Can 
can I prove my point that this is necessary for you to get to that place called there? So don't, be, don't think that you're going to just do it all by yourself. You need someone. Heard the songwriter, uh, I think it was yesterday, I'm just a nobody. I'm going to have to charge you for that. But watch this, watch this, watch it. Saints, we've got to start encouraging one another and we've got to encourage ourselves because sometimes no one's going to be there but you still need encouragement. That's why I love Deuteronomy chapter 1 verses 37 and 38. I challenge you to read that. I find here a very interesting scenario. They're still in the wilderness and Moses says something to Joshua. Moses said something even for the people. Here, Joshua says, excuse me, Moses says in verse 37 of Deuteronomy 1, he says, he says, he says, look, hold up. God is upset at me and therefore because of you all, God is upset at me and I'm not going to make it over into the promised land. He said that. He said that. But watch what he does next. In verse 38, he says, But Joshua, the son of Nun, which standeth before thee, he shall go in thither. Now, here's key. Here's key. Next word is key. He says, Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit him. So now we understand that if Joshua is going to bring you into the promised land, you must encourage him. So this lets us know that we've got to encourage one another. What you want, which is what you need, which is the promise that God has for you, is dependent upon how encouraged you are to go after and how encouraged the ones that are assigned to help you are to walk with you, to show you the way, to point out your errors, to build you up, to make See, the word encourage here literally means, it's that word again, hazak, H-A-Z-A-K, excuse me, H-A-Z-A-G. And it really means to fasten upon, or you take a tight grip on, but it also means to, it means to strengthen, it means to cure, it means to help, it means to repair, it means to fortify. See, some folk are assigned with you to help you do something, but they've been broken down. They've been wounded. They feel like quitting. And so when you encourage them, it literally means cure them, help them, strengthen them, revitalize them. Whatever, in whatever way, shape, or form, God designs for you to do that. If, see, what their success has a lot to do with your success because those who are assigned with you. Now, I, I know that I keep saying that, but you got to understand that not everybody's assigned with you. Know them, the Bible says, that labor among you. Know them. You've got to know who they are. Because you don't want to give to somebody something that is not for them. Praise the Lord. To me, because Moses is doing this, Moses, he is to be admired, he is to be appreciated, and he is to be imitated. 
Can you imagine this unselfish mindset? Look, I already know I'm not going in, but you know what? I want you to go in, and this is what you got to do to get in. You got to keep Joshua encouraged. See, some of y'all, some of, well, I pray we all make it. But that's why we pray for our leaders. Because we need our leaders to properly and wholly lead us. Regardless of how you think you got it and you can do it by yourself. No, God has assigned them to be with you. There's a reason why you have a senior pastor. There's a reason why you have an assistant pastor. There's a reason why you have an associate pastor. There's a reason why we have elders and evangelists and deaconesses and auxiliary heads in the church. You may not think so, but you need us. So you've got to pray for us. You've got to encourage us. Look at some, no, no, no. Y'all look up here and say, Bishop, don't worry about it. You're going to make it. Hallelujah. Somebody give God praise. How, I got to cut some corners here. How do we encourage ourselves when the view is depressing and you feel like you are losing the battle. That's a very real thing. Perhaps I'll end on this. I'm not finished, but I'm going to have to end. I want you to get this. This is going to bless you because we must all be encouraged. How many know it's absolutely necessary that we would be encouraged? Discouragement is a terrible thing. It is a victimizer. How do we encourage ourselves when the view is depressing and you feel like you are losing the battle? Have you ever really felt like you was losing the battle? One of the greatest ways to encourage yourself is revealed as God speaks to Job. I love this. Now, how many know Job really went through? You know the story. He lost everything. He went through. It would take God to encourage him. God spoke to Job in Job 37 and 14. I want y'all to write it down. I'm going to read it, but I want y'all to remember this. This is God's instruction to Job in his very difficult and trying times. He says this to him. He says, hearken unto this, O Job. Here we go. Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. That's powerful. He said, take time out from your crying, from your belly aching. Stand still. Take time out from all the craziness of the world. Go to your neutral corner. Go to your prayer room. Go to your prayer closet. And think on the wonderful things that I've already done. You cannot think on the wondrous things that God has already done and not be encouraged. When there was nothing existing, God spoke and stuff started happening. God spoke and stuff from nowhere started to come out of everywhere. God spoke, hallelujah, to dead bodies and they rose up. God spoke to barren bodies and they brought forth children. When you think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done. How can you not but praise his holy name? And so if you really want to encourage yourself or be encouraged, stand still. Take a time out of the craziness. 
just think on what God has already done. Even if it's not done for you, of which you should think on that too. He's God. There's nothing impossible to him. And then focus on what he did for you. When you know you didn't deserve it. When you knew that you didn't have the answers. God made a way out of knowing. You may not have everything that you want, but you're still alive. You may not have everything the way you want to have it, but you've got enough to take you through to tomorrow. Give us our daily bread. My God, my God. And also, watch this, and also we can encourage ourselves by reminding and rehearsing what God has already done for us. So it's not always about today. What did he do for you yesterday? Yes. Remember when you was crying out to the Lord and you thought, this is it. I'm going to die. There's no, this is it. I'm gone. I'm gone. And you cried out to God. And he spared your life. Yes. He made a way when you thought, this is it. It's done. I'm finished. So there are times that we need to just rehearse. And literally there are times that I go over. That's why I never want to forget when I had my motorcycle accident. Seven ribs cracked on the left side. Whatever that strong bone is back there. I wanted to call it a scallop, but that's something you eat. It's not that. What is it? Scalpia? Scapula. All right. It's not a scallop. Praise the Lord. It's a scalpia. Praise the Lord. When the Lord did that. And when I came down and I hit my head, but I had my helmet on and I literally looked around and saw that the angels were not there to take me. So then I realized that I was in the middle of the road. God gave me consciousness to think and to understand. Fool, you in the middle of the road. And there's trucks and cars coming. And so I had the thought of mind to roll myself out of the way because I couldn't get up like I wanted to. Amen. And so there are times that we just need to focus and think and remember how he brought us out of that. I'm still in the book because Exodus chapter 17 and verse 14, God tells Moses to rehearse something before Joshua. Listen to this, Exodus 17 and 14. And the Lord said unto Moses, write this for a memorial in a book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. He had to fight Amalek, but they were an untrained group. They weren't SEAL Team 6. They didn't know how to fight, but God did it for them. You remember the story? I shared it the last time. As long as Moses' arms was up, they were winning. But when his hands went down, they were losing. But praise God, God made a way and gave them the victory. The Amalekites were trained soldiers. That's what they did. They would attack people in the wilderness and take their stuff. They were a mighty force. But God took a group that didn't know how to fight and he fought with them. There are times that God will fight for you and there are times that God will fight with you. And in the whole process, he fulfills his word. His word. He says, wherever you are, where are the soul of your foot shall step, there I am with you. And so he said, put it in a book and rehearse it. In other words, every now and then, you get to Joshua and you remind him of what I did for you. I'm going to close. I'm going to close. Saints of God, you've got to keep yourself 
encouraged. We're going to fix that, saints. Being encouraged is necessary for you to have success. Don't allow depression to come into the point that it robs you of your victory. Yes. yes. Encourage one another. Yes. Amen. And if they're not around, do like David did. The Bible says that he encouraged himself. Yes. The Bible says that the people were about to stone him. That's the word. But he encouraged himself. If you encourage yourself, you will be encouraged. Amen. You will be able to get up and press your way. Whether you have to sing songs and melodies encouraging yourself Amen. or quoting scripture of what God has already done and proven himself. Amen. It's good to know the Bible and tell the Bible stories. But everyone, you have a Bible. You have a story. You wonder what book you're reading out of when you talk about yourself? You're reading from the book of Acts. Because the book of Acts is where we're living today. We're still acting out the blessings of God, acting out the word of God. We're living in the book of Acts. Tell your story to yourself. Remind yourself of what God has done, what he is doing, and by faith, what he's going to do. Somebody give God praise. Hallelujah. Everyone standing on your feet. Everyone standing on your feet. Father, I thank you now. That your word has come today to your people. Yes. That we would not only encourage ourselves, but encourage one another. For this, Lord, you have spoken to us and showed us in your word that this is holy and acceptable. Now, Father, as we continue this life's journey, help us to remain encouraged and strong and of good courage. That we shall have that which you says is ours. That we shall do all of that which you says we which you say we can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, saints of God, put those hands together. There's healing for you today.